boom we're back for another special episode of hard out this time we're not doing a movie review we're just generally bullshitting this is actually a covid round table where we've got brett saladino if you've seen the show you might have seen her on here a couple times she's fucking awesome but she's going to talk a bit about yeah she's the one in the spacex uniform up there she's going to talk a bit about vaccines as is my old buddy julio gagne he just gave a thumbs up he works in pharma so he will definitely know what he's talking about in that regard that's a stripper pole in the background he'll be demonstrating later his moves yes faster stripper pole that is our sister sarah our sister sarah is a nurse who's been jumping around from covid hot spot to hot spot from new york city kind of around their peak to houston when they were getting an eruption and you went to north carolina most recently right yeah south carolina south carolina yeah all the same um they just need to become one state carolina last but not least keep them straight old air force buddy of mine butch motherfucking walker who recently had do you still actively have covid no i finally uh i can smell again i can taste again and uh stuff just tastes a lot better now and I, all right, I don't have so, to sleep as much. So he could talk a bit about what it was like to have it, but also how it impacted his family. So, um, Julio, do you want to start us off by talking about this vaccine for a second? And well, all right, a lot of people out there seem to not even know what the fuck a vaccine does because there's all this controversy. People don't want to take it or not, and they think it's like a magic cure for something. They don't. Do you want to just explain yeah. how a normative vaccine works and then maybe how this RNA one? And Brett, you can chime in as well anytime you like on this. Yeah, sure. So first of all, you know, Bill Gates' microchips are not in it, as far as I know. So you're, you're probably okay there. Now, the way vaccines typically work is you get, there's a variety of different ways. You can take a virus and kind of fuck it up and then give a fucked up virus to somebody that isn't gonna be infective. You can look for different proteins on a virus and give somebody just the protein. And then what happens then is before you've been exposed to that virus, you've now been exposed to a protein of the virus. So your immune system sees it and does, to make it simple, there's, there's sort of two things. There's one where it sends antibodies, right, against those proteins. And antibodies are also like, think of it like jigsaw puzzles, right? They're little jigsaw puzzle pieces that fit. Like if this is the, the, the virus protein, you're gonna have a little antibody that's gonna fit just right. And if it's a neutralizing antibody, it's gonna block it from being able to infect, okay? But in this case, it's just the protein. And all that's happening is your body is being given the information such that if it ever encounters the real virus, it now knows to make these little jigsaw puzzle pieces, right? So this is like the primer, boom. Okay, now it goes away. The real virus comes in. Here's like what a real virus looks like, okay? And then now your, your, your body sees it and it makes a little jigsaw puzzle piece and bam, right? The antibodies come in and neutralize it so it can't infect further. So that's one part of the immune response. The other one that's also important that gets a little more technical is the T cell response. T cells are called T cell killers or your killer cells. And they will actually come in and just kind of gobble up stuff. So they'll get activated as well. So basically a vaccine is a preview of a virus that you may or may never get, but has now your immune system, your body's immune system ready to act the minute it hits such that hopefully it doesn't actually infect you. It doesn't get into your cells and start dividing a lot. Your body can just take it out very quickly. So that's kind of vaccine 101. So it's not a cure, it's a prevention, right? If you already have the virus and you have active COVID, vaccine's gonna do dick. It's not gonna do anything. There are some therapeutic vaccines that are, but that's a whole different discussion. And those work in different ways. They basically work in getting your immune system to activate now and some oncology uh, drugs work that way. But in terms of preventing you getting infected by a, a virus, that's how vaccines work. Do you, want, do you want to add something, Brett? Or talk about the, the RNA version of these vaccines? Oh, I think that's a... That's really good description. Um, I think that, uh, you know, basically there's two different levels of immunity in our body. There's the innate immunity, which doesn't really involve T cells or B cells or antibodies. It's, it's like the body's ability to make pus when you get a splinter. Um, and so it doesn't see things as 
foreign that it makes antibodies to. And then the um, adaptive immunity does involve T cells, B cells, antibody response. So most vaccines are really designed to trigger that adaptive immune response and build up that level of immunity. And then your T cells remember it forever or for a long time. So if you're if you get vaccinated and you don't get infected for 10 years, the hope is you'll still have some T cells that remember that and be able to ramp up the antibody response very quickly. Um, so that's, that's the nice thing about vaccines is they generally last longer um, than the immunities from sometimes a real mild natural infection. Um, so that's a good thing. Um, I also wanted to talk just briefly about the different kinds of vaccines that are in development for COVID-19. Um, there are, well, the, the two that have been approved so far, or I shouldn't say they're approved, they're, they have a, an emergency approval, emergency use approval, um, but they're not formally approved yet. Um, they are both mRNA vaccines. And what that means is that you're getting injected with the messenger RNA that codes for the viral spike protein. So it gets into your cells and your body starts to make that viral spike protein. And then that viral spike protein gets recognized as not self and your immune system responds to it and makes antibodies to it. And that viral spike protein, that's like the barbs or the stalks coming out of the coronavirus? That they use to attach and yeah. insert into our cells. Right. So your body using that messenger RNA creates its own version of those to trick your body into fighting it before it ever even encounters it. Right. And the spike proteins don't have any other part of the virus associated with them. So there's no way it's going to right. make you sick. There's no coronavirus there. It's just the spike protein portion of it that your body's making. You've um, seen in the news, there's been a couple mutations in Britain and South Africa, I think it was. Um, how, how do you think the vaccine would affect or, you know, be affected by the mutations? Is it still govern or still cover versions of the virus that mutate or is it less likely to be successful? I've heard or that it's, they're expecting that it's still going to work. Um, it may not work quite as well, but the spike protein is a very highly conserved part of the virus. Um, and so yeah, it's more if, fundamental. To, right. Yeah. Right, so hopefully okay. it will still work. Um, the mutations they've found so far are fairly small from what I'm reading. They're not enormous changes in the spike protein. They're small changes. Yeah, I mean, if we go back to my, you know, my virtual little model here, right? If, so if this is, let's say that my fist is a spike protein, here's the, the little jigsaw puzzle piece that you're, you're, the antibody, right? If you get some mutations in the code, that translate to some amino acid mutations in the protein, you'd have to have enough mutations that the spike protein would change so much mm -hmm. that the jigsaw puzzle wouldn't fit. And in some ways it's, it's probably unlikely that spike proteins are gonna mutate that much because mm -hmm. if their structure changes so much, then they won't work the way they're supposed to work for the virus either. And then those mutations would die out. So you wouldn't even have those. So these are probably just transient mutations, not a big deal. From what I've seen, it's you know about 1% of the, the spike protein coding that's been mutated so far. So it should work. But the other thing that I'm excited about these RNA vaccines versus the old style ones that they give you a little piece of protein, is you can make a change very quickly to these mm -hmm. vaccines. So the, the head of uh, Pfizer has said that, you know if they have a new code, new RNA code based on the mutations, or even a variant of the, the virus in eight weeks, they can just, you know, change the coding. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now we want this sequence of RNA and they pop that in. I mean, to me, it's pretty exciting. And hopefully they'll develop, you know, this approach for flu vaccines and all kinds of stuff. Because that's yeah, also was, why they were able to do it so quickly. I was fortunate enough to uh, invest in Moderna back in like February or something. Um, and now the question becomes, how do I hang on to it? Or do I sell when it reaches a point where they're like, they've sold as many you know, vaccines this as possible. This is the shit but, people really but, want to know, by the way. But, uh, right, <laughs> but from, money. from one theory is to hang on to it though, because that's to your point that this RNA technology isn't just going to be useful with the coronavirus. It's going to you know, be useful across the board. So yep. that's- yep. Yeah, I'm not that kind of a person to get into the stock market and this, that, and the other, but I would not get rid of it. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I'll definitely yeah. hold on for a while. I did actually already take out my original money, so it's all house money now. So whatever. <laughs> One thing I want to say is first, I want to thank Butch for not making a fisting joke when Julio was doing that little example of the protest. <laughs> <laughs> Good form, dude. Hey, I had I'm to fight it off myself. Especially now, right now. Except for the beer. Secondly, any of you want to chime in and ask a question, yeah. Sarah, if you want to ask them something or anything, because you most likely will be the first person you've probably already been offered the vaccine. No. Yeah, I should be getting it here. Um, shortly. Just don't know, um, which hospital yet. So that's a um, question for everyone. Is everyone here plan on getting it or are they like Brett, we spoke before and you were like, I don't know if I want to be an early adopter of this since it was fast tracked and but at the same time, I'm Sarah be the guinea pig. I don't have any risk factors. Right. She's on the front line. So and I yeah, and so I'm so far down on the list that it would even be made available to me. Um, you know, I would I would want people who were at higher risk to get it before me. Yeah. I believe in the vaccine, but yeah. Well, like we talked about mRNA vaccines are I know a lot of people are worried about how quickly it came out, but those are able to be made faster than most vaccines anyways. But for me, I don't know if you guys have any input on this. Um, I'm not saying like screw the old people, but you know, we are giving it to frontline workers um, first, obviously, because we're kind of in the lion's mouth dealing with it. And then with our absurdity of PPE makes us more at risk. But um, as far as giving it to the most vulnerable populations, you know, say nursing home residents, you know, they're not walking around giving it to people. It's the people that are not um, being careful. It's the super spreaders. So my kind of thoughts were, like I said, not to screw the old people, but why are we, I would almost rather the general public get it because they're the ones, giving it to everybody the else, giving yeah. it to them. And, but then we get into, these are kind of some of the populations that think, you know, COVID is a hoax and maybe they're anti-vaxxers anyways or wouldn't be trustful of the vaccine so maybe they've already thought of that and that's why we're kind of going down the mm. hierarchy of the list of who yeah, we're giving it to super spreaders yeah by yeah. definition the super spreaders are also the same people who right. refute the vaccine etc yeah it's a good point let me ask you butch before you got it where were you with all this did you think coronavirus is no big deal just the flu until it hit you and your family or were you no, see, I had, uh, so I had an idiot cousin that decided to, they went up to some big uh, resort up in North Texas and had this giant wedding. And basically, uh, I think 25 or 30 people ended up getting it from that. And my cousin, who was like, it's the Democratic flu, uh, got it as well. Every member of his family got it. So Was this um, an outdoor wedding or was it indoors? What's that? Was it an indoor or outdoor wedding? Uh, well, they originally wanted to have it in Greece, so I'm sure it was indoor and uh, all that crap, so whatever. Uh, but still, even after the fact, they were like, ah, it's nothing. So I didn't even know about my aunt, and all of a sudden, I got a phone call, and my sister comes and gets me, and it's like, hey, Aunt Arlene's dead. What? I'm like, what's going on, you know? So, uh, come to find out, she uh, had been around a couple of kids uh, the weekend prior. This is how fast it hit her. So, I'm guessing maybe she might have hit some other time, been around somebody. But uh, those kids' parents uh, had tested positive. So, long story short, she dropped them off on uh, November 15th, that Sunday. She was dead on the 22nd. Uh, they told her Friday uh the 20th that you need to go to the hospital and she said if i'm not better by sunday i'll go well she's better she ain't here no more so uh wow my uncle pat went back into the house after it was sanitized um and he ended up with it and it was seven to ten days after they had already been doing their thing and so i thought about it i talked to my wife uh who is a covid nurse and she says, you just keep your distance. And I did everything because I had to take care of my grandmother. She's 88. Right. And uh, I did all that. Well, lo and behold, my grandmother was there the day before. So we all got it from that house. And uh, 
My uncle Pat is not on a ventilator. He's still in ICU. Uh, that was my aunt's husband. Uh, they just keep him sedated. He's got like a permanent little CPAP until he can breathe again. He had emphysema. Uh, my grandmother was 88 uh, and she was nearly out of it. She hadn't gone to the hospital. She'd be gone. But thankfully they gave them both plasma, which uh, now I'm going to go out and I, anybody who's had COVID, I want them to know, look, go donate plasma, man. That's what saved my family. So mm. I'm, I'm serious about it. Go do it. I'm going to donate as much as I can, as often as I can, because okay. if I can save somebody else's family, like it saved mine, uh, right on. So, oh yeah. Beautiful, man. Sorry for your loss. First off, I'm yes. sure all yeah. of us echo that. It's devastating. Um, did your aunt have pre-existing conditions she was up in age well, or she had a heart condition and uh like i said they told her that she had had pneumonia and uh if nobody knows what covid pneumonia is which sarah i know you do yep. uh <laughs> man it doesn't go away your your no. body just keeps producing fluid producing fluid because your lungs are trying to be like oh i can get exhale this and we'll we'll it's cough like it, it gives out you cystic you fibrosis or something almost and yeah. uh, you you drown you drown yourself and i don't know if uh maybe she threw a blood clot because uh sarah you may attest to this natalie tells me that now people who have overcome it and even the older ones you know correct now you got to worry about blood clots you could have a heart attack you could have a stroke yeah. And uh, my grandmother, ever since she's been home, has taken two aspirins every morning at about five o'clock. She gets yeah, real that's... heavy in her chest. Um, so she's going to the doctor Monday and I said, you need to lay everything out, what you've been doing, because she needs to be watched. And so I'm, I'm staying there and I, I came up here to do this and, you know. Yeah, because part of it, that's the thing out there, too, with all these arguments. And it's been so politicized between the left and the right somehow, which fucking everything is. But uh, is how many deaths there have been and the death rate and the percentage of people dying and compare that to the flu, et cetera. But it's like with a war, they tally casualties, not just the dead and the casualties. Like look at D-Day. There weren't that many dead relative to casualties. When you hear about the high numbers, that's the casualties that's maimed and shell shocked. And this yeah. shit can change the rest of your life. Right. And yeah, then even just the psychological of the world too, you know, Blythe who sat in the corner and was deaf and, and dumb all of a sudden, you know, I'm sorry, band of brothers. It's one of my faves. So. Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> I was like, what but yeah, reference to this? But, uh, well, and I was these just people who think they can just ride it out before and not yeah. have consequences for a much longer period. Or that it's only about those with pre-existing conditions or fat asses right. who didn't take care of right. themselves before, yeah. et cetera. It's like, right. you can get, there's a picture on the Red Sox. Uh, what's his name? Eduardo Rodriguez, I think, right? He uh, got myocarditis. He had to sit out the whole season because he had heart inflammation, essentially, right? Yeah. From COVID. Yeah. And this is a you know. peak physical athlete, you know? So, yeah. Well, it's like, you know, I'd have rather have the vaccine than have lifelong lasting conditions from this. You know, I can make a five hour podcast on how yeah, it we happens get and all the, all, the, all the things I've seen, but. Yeah, it's just well, that's what concerns me. Like I have extracurricular activities from time to time and I have friends that, you know, that do my neighbor ended up with it. Cheers. He didn't get it from me. And so this vaccine, is it going to be like smallpox? Like you're going to get it once and uh, boom, you're done. And we're going to do it yearly. Is it going to be something that changes? Yeah, I mean, it's too soon to know. If I had to guess, I'd say it's going to be an annual shot, like once a year. Well, I mean, that's, um, that's what makes sense. But I mean, so my grandmother being 88, when she gets the opportunity to take it, uh, should she get it? Or should she say, hey, I've already got the antibodies and- uh... No, no, Every, everybody who's had it already should also get it because the immune response you get from having it is likely not as strong as the immune response you'll get from getting the, the vaccine. So you should get it regardless. Same thing as the flu shot. You get the flu shot annually. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm not. assuming it'll be the same thing, you know, where it mutates sometimes and, you know, we come out with a different flu vaccine strain every year um, based on where the- You got the trio, of, you got A, B, and C. Right. And then, yeah. Right. yeah. Well, that's something uh, I wanted to ask Brett. that the other day, Jay. So- What's that? Same kind of deal, having the different strains and- Right, know, yeah, we were talking about that. That's something I wanted to ask Julio and Brett is what I kind of gather from what you were saying earlier. So every year, like Sarah was saying, we got to get a flu shot. 
but there's always mutations and sometimes you can get the flu shot and still get the flu because it's mm -hmm. a different flu than you got vaccinated for but are you are you saying with the rna that it might be almost more of a sweeping coronavirus vaccine than something that's individual and that it can handle mutations even because it's about the protein not that more specific part of the well he said something earlier about how much it morphs right right yeah. So I, I think, I mean, we could get, you know, pretty different variants later on, but what I was saying is once they identify it, mm -hmm. they can make the RNA match that one very quickly. Right. So in eight weeks, in eight weeks, you could have the new one like that. Right. Right. And then hopefully you wouldn't have to do a, a big phase three study again, because you've kind of proven it already. And all you're changing is a little bit the, you know, the, the nucleotides of the RNA and that's it. So hopefully you can just put it out there. Cause that's what we do with the flu vaccines. We just give different antigens every year based on what we think is coming. And if we guess wrong, like last year, I got the flu because like, you know, it didn't work the, the shot that I got. Mm -hmm. but. Right. Because of the because of the way the flu vaccine is made, you have to kind of guess what the flu is going to do that year. Guess what mutations are going to happen and design your vaccine a year in advance so that it can be up and produced and ready to start injecting people. And if you miss some years they miss, mm -hmm. then the vaccine isn't very good. Whereas but eight an, weeks versus a year. Right. Yeah. And yeah. an mRNA Massive. vaccine, they can they can adjust as the virus is changing and yep. within a matter of months have a, a good targeted vaccine for those mutations instead of just guessing. I, I got a quick question. And surely somebody knows this. You know, they make such a big deal about all these COVID vaccines have to be kept so cold. How many other vaccines have to be kept at the same temperature? I mean, is it? Hold I mean, on, I saw it was the same as the Pfizer, I think. Or, or yeah, was the, it, no, the Moderna. Yeah, but he's saying vaccines we've had for years. Are there any others that need to be kept that cold? Right? Is this not that commonplace? Cold. I'm not so. aware of any. No. There's, there's a lot that require refrigeration, but not yeah. that cold. Right. Well, no, I think the there's problem... a difference between the Pfizer and the Moderna one I was yeah. reading. That the yeah, Pfizer one required way colder. lower. Yeah, and Moderna's is more already commonly used yeah. for other... Yeah. I was trying well, to figure out what in. the reason for that I was. I was trying to research it, and I know that the Pfizer one is in a um, a lipid nanoparticle. Uh, that's how it's dispersed in the vaccine is in a lipid nanoparticle, and it's possible I couldn't find and this definitively, but there are other particles that they can use that are polymer biopolymers that are more stable and it may mm. have something to do with that but i can't be sure yet because i couldn't sense. find it i mean the, the problem itself is the rna uh, molecule like falls apart easily like yes. one of the early projects i had when i was in the labs i had to isolate um rna from a hepatitis c virus and man if you just like you have to be super careful because you have rna enzymes that break it down on your fingers and you can just take it apart right dna like, you know, when you go looking at for crime scenes and all that, DNA is very stable. You can do PCR and DNA for mummies, you know, but RNA just falls mm -hmm. apart. Yeah. So you have a vaccine that's made from that. So they, yeah, like, like Brett was saying, you know, they, they coat it with these lipids. They do all kinds of stuff to keep it safe until it's inside your body. And honestly, though, there's no reason why the Pfizer vaccine can't be tweaked so that it can be stored at still very cold like Moderna, but not as crazy cold as now. Mm -hmm. They probably just wanted to rush whatever version they had yeah. through and they said, fuck it, you know, we can we can store it super cold for now. And then later we can figure out how to make it so it's not so cold. But, yeah, but just, RNA, they're ready to make some more money, you know. I don't oh, know yeah. how much money they made off Viagra, but I'm sure they're gonna they're <laughs> <make it. laughs> lots, I'm sure. Yeah. Pfizer does all right. You Let me ask you guys something. If you can trust us with your penis, you can trust right. us with the vaccine, right? Yeah. That should be that should be the tagline hey, right dude. there. Right. <laughs> trust us, man. Good. Hey, here's a question about these. All right. It's all right. First of all, I'll just say it's funny how fear is used on all sides. Fear, like the people who are anti-vax will argue that they're using fear to get you to take their vaccine with their microchips and their whatever in it. But obviously, there's they have a fear as well. That's why they won't take it because they're scared. They'll say it's because they're too smart or whatever. But mm -hmm. it's usually fear driven. It's all fear driven. But still, uh, yeah, some of the things that are being used on the anti-vaxxer side are these anaphylactic reactions to the vaccines. Which mm -hmm. I was reading something specific that gave me pause. And man, I wrote it down on a piece of fucking paper, which was my mistake. Going analog, I can't find the piece of paper. But uh, I was reading. Maybe when you guys know this off the top of your head that there's 
a specific thing in these vaccines that are in some other drugs that give anaphylactic reactions and it was a phosphate life what is it polyethylene glycol. yes PEG. yeah now i i want to ask you a personal question i had colon cancer stage three i had exiloplatin or your full fox five you probably know very well right julio and uh i had that anaphylactic reaction to exiloplatin that a lot of people have chris was there for it it was fucking one of the crazy. most terrifying moments of my life yeah team of nurses had come yeah, in like fucking, five nurses on them yeah it was crazy so sh should i fear that that getting the vaccine it could i could have that similar reaction so maybe i shouldn't have the vaccine if i've had that before no you, you should have the vaccine but they should monitor you like should, for yeah but you should like it's like when i went to get my uh, my shingles vaccine the other day i got it and i just left right no big deal because I had the first shot already a couple months. So, mm -hmm. but for you, if you've had anaphylactic reactions, you should still get it, but you should be held there for, I think it's like 30 minutes, 45 minutes mm -hmm. while they watch you, right? Mm -hmm. And then once you've, you're past kind of the period where you would have had the anaphylactic reaction, then you're good to go. Well, the and weird I, thing, I like with the exiloplatin though, it took my fifth treatment. It was like a every, either weekly or every other week type thing. And it was, I guess, building up though, residual. And they said that, yeah. like people yeah, have problems with this. So, is that something though with the vaccine where it could take a while and I go back for my booster and then hours after the booster have a reaction? So should I maybe hang out at the hospital parking lot on my own longer than half an hour, you know? I'll, I'll let the Sarah, the nurse address this one. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, with any vaccine, we always tell people to, you know, especially if it's clinic-based, you know, sit down and wait in the waiting area for 15 minutes. Yeah, That's just a general rule of any type of vaccine you get, but I'm sure you guys know with um, allergic reactions and immunology kind of thing, it's kind of like, say, just the same thing with like allergies to foods or cats, the more you're exposed to it, sometimes it takes a certain number of exposure for your body to react to it. So I wouldn't say that you would have a reaction like hours later, but you know, with the instances of you getting that one medication and it took maybe the fifth time, maybe mm. you might have a reaction on the second dose of right. the COVID vaccine, but I wouldn't say you need to stay overnight to make sure you don't have a reaction. I think, mm. I know, but People I think hate hospitals. I was, stay, I was in the hospital for like a week. It was the shit. I'm like, this is the yeah, place right. to be. If anything yeah. goes wrong, something happens. Boom. I have panic attacks because right I'm in my basement thinking I'm having a heart attack. I'm with the hospital. <laughs> cold, dude. I'm there. Yeah. But I mean, I would say it wouldn't, the amount of time wouldn't be as big of an issue as maybe just the um maybe the second dose that you got yeah, it if you had like was. a mild reaction after the initial mm -hmm. vaccine and then went back 21 days later for your um second dose that you would probably and be more likely to have one last paranoid selfish question on this front <laughs> is it safe to say that if you are at a hospital when you have anaphylactic shock you pretty much be saved every time it's just a matter of getting to you quick enough or can you have a reaction that's so bad like they can't your throat closes up they can't do well, shit they would do something called they would crike you so they yeah. would basically do like an emergency you know trach and instead right. of putting a tube down your throat they would just because that's usually the issue is breathing right, right. when people have shock and if like shock they can't breathe and All right. is that the epipen for these situations is that the same you know first measure you know, someone has this reaction, you inject something to counter it basically first. Is that the first move before you go to the trach level, you know? Yeah, like they shot me up with all those steroids yeah. and shit. Well, you know? it would be all simultaneous if you're in a hospital, you know, they'd be giving you, you know, steroids, Benadryl, right. the whole, the whole concoction of. brings me to Trump for a second and how he got treated for it and how, remember, I feel like I felt better than I felt in years the next day. That's how I felt. Mm -hmm. Almost right. died, but got yeah. pumped full of fucking Barry Bond steroids, steroids yeah. and felt like the shit yeah. for like a day and a half. And then, I don't know what they, was hands on those. Them, but they gave it to him. Yeah. yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah. So uh, I'm saying to all the Trump supporters out there, we want to get this podcast out as far and wide. And honestly, that's kind of who I'm most interested in talking to is the people who think it's a hoax and this and that. And, you know, we got like Butch here can attest to it. And obviously all of you. Um, but the people should just know that that when Trump, his reaction to it, first off, he got the best doctors in the mm -hmm. fucking world immediately working on him with the best experimental shit that you're never going to get, et cetera. So 
don't say this 76 year old dude who eats big macs all day laughed it off i can too right plus who knows it might kill him in a year or some shit right he might get a blood clot right um I'm curious to hear what some of what Sarah has to say about being like in the thick of it, yeah. in the shit, so to speak. Um, yeah, let's scare some people too into how, for a lot of them, it probably started as nothing. And then one day they just bottomed out, right? You know, it. when I first started working in New York, I there was no rhyme or reason to who died. You know, sometimes I would have a, I think my youngest was 19. I, you know, I would have a 19 or 26 year old that had no pre-existing conditions and was on ECMO, which is like a heart lung bypass. They were on um, dialysis or CRT, you know, which axes your kidneys and were on maxed out on ventilator settings. And, you know, we, they would be having so much um, clotting issues that we would have limbs rotting and falling off. And then I would have 96 year old grandma that has 99 problems under the sun, but she would be on room air with no Put oxygen, but, but just right. happened to have COVID. So it, I quit trying to figure it out a long time ago when I was up there about why it, the rhyme or reason, why it hits you. But I will say, you know, it was very demographically apparent about, you know, race and ethnicity. Well, let's talk about vitamin D. Yep. Because vitamin D seems to be pretty crucial. Is this right or wrong? You scientists yeah, this can help be, on that too. We have a cocktail that we've kind of found out that works now. We're doing, you know, like a gram or two of vitamin C. We're doing 5,000 um, IUs of vitamin D. We're doing melatonin to help with like the cytokine storms and the inflammation cascade. And then, of course, a lot of um, anticoagulant things that we now figured out because at first you know we were like oh this is a respi you know it's transmitted respiratory um wise but you have this um these things in the bottom of your lungs called you know ace2 receptors and i'm sure you guys can speak to this as well you know your ace2 also lines the inside of your every single blood vessel that you have in your body so that's where the virus you know enters through the lungs and then goes down to the kidneys and then it begins to affect every single organ and well, that it's endothelial, so, right? Right. Like the endothelium mm -hmm. gets infected right. with the shit, and who knows what could go right. wrong. Right, and and then it just has this huge, you know, inflammation and clotting cascade issue where every every organ just begins to fail. And you know, with the, I'm probably not going in order here, but the the COVID uh, COVID pneumonia is like nothing I have ever seen. You know, I've I'm no stranger to death. I've been a my by trade, I'm a neuro and trauma ICU nurse at five years. And these are the sickest people that I have ever seen in my How, career. How is it psychologically being around that? Like you're wearing um, masks and everything, but the PPE issue you talked about, are you just, are you experiencing any PTSD talking to anyone yeah. for it? I, I mean, I am. I, I, um, you know, on top of our own personal demons and personal issues, um, a lot of medication, a lot of therapy, you know, I'm doing like three different types of therapy for things that happened before COVID and then, you know, COVID on top of it. It's a, it's not just me, healthcare workers, it's affecting everyone's mental health, you know, those staying home, people losing family members, you know, people's livelihood being turned upside down. But, um, you know, it was kind of just... Uh, first it was just so shocking that I didn't really think about it and then you know the more I started to do this is why I'm taking a break now because I just honestly need a, a break from and there's only so many bags you can zip and you just start becoming a machine and I started getting into the um headspace of like why the fuck does any of this matter yeah. and you know especially yeah, coming home to Texas in between my assignments sometimes you know nobody's wearing masks and I'm just like mm. isolating myself in my apartment and it's just like a Soderbergh movie you know and then sometimes real. you know I try and go to sleep and I wouldn't know you know know if these are flashbacks but you know every person that I've seen die just like flashes through my head and you know I it just there's only so much of it you know I was some of my ICU units were maybe like an 18 bed ICU we were having six people die a day holy cow I was doing CPR on six people a day for eight weeks that's insane God and sometimes we it was... salute you like uh brett yes. prior service butch <laughs> served with me in the military yeah 
this is but, true hero shit. You're like on the front lines. Yeah, it's crazy. I think the real people, the real heroes are, you know, those staying home, you know. Yeah, but, um, staying home, wear a fucking mask when you go. That's the yeah. thing, too. This is an opportunity to be a hero, you dicks. All you have to do is put a piece of cloth <laughs> on your face. That's all it takes. Yeah. 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 I mean, we're, and we're doing this all in full PPE. And it. Right. I mean, I've never been so exhausted in my entire life but you know but having to reuse masks and shit how's the ppe issue has it gotten better because i know back in the Um, early days you guys were wearing garbage bags and shit right yeah i mean it kind of honestly depended on the area i was in south carolina i mean every single hotspot that i went to was worse than the other for different reasons you know but i feel like new york honestly had it shit together the most out of all the places that i went to even though it was early early mm-hmm. but i think it's probably because of how governor cuomo handled everything too but very same thing that's that's crazy and yeah. and i'm sorry to interrupt sarah but these these idiots i heard oh man did you see that video they uh yeah these guys is walking around and they're they're filming all these uh, emergency rooms and stuff like that and they're all empty there's not there's not a bunch of covid people in there and i well, think and sometimes that is the case it just depends on the area that you're in just because it's you know not the case in your area doesn't mean it's not shit somewhere else right and just because that room is empty doesn't mean there's not a body bag in the basement that was just in the room not too long ago i still Um, think it's all bs and you know my cousin he's going through the same stuff except he's not taking care of my grandmother he's not going to take care of my uncle whenever he comes home i'm going to but he still think it's all fake as shit right you know like whatever oh man here come here i'll make out with you i was like man you're an idiot just a way to shirk responsibility second off mm-hmm. just, you know it, it'll kill you yeah like yeah it's like air on the side of caution you know <laughs> yeah, if you man. don't have any evidence one way or the other let's air on the side of protecting our lives and yeah. a lot of it you know once people you know you say you've had covid for three weeks and you're testing negative a lot of times those are the people that ended up getting intubated like they're because their lungs are so scarred or they just you know have these massive blood clots or that are just you know stroking out i had a lot of neurological insults and deficits you know people just having brain bleeds and stroking out that way or just pulmonary embolisms or anywhere else you know people coughing up like lung casting and it was disgusting (laughs) like my good friend perry died in january here in wisconsin right yeah and very mysteriously just had a stroke guy in great health right yeah very full of life just had a stroke deteriorated they said he had a fever that spiked when he was in the hospital he was on a ventilator and eventually well, died and that's normal with, now we're seeing like though, if they had a oh sorry well, if they have a stroke sometimes there's you know this thing called yeah, central yeah. fever but that, yeah, i'm sure as your body's fighting all yeah. death and everything yeah. that you know it goes <laughs> my only point being though that now we're seeing these reports that even in Wisconsin, the virus was here in December and January because they're looking at older blood samples, I guess, that still had antibodies or some shit in it from way back then. So this thing was here way earlier than anyone thinks could have been. So the death numbers are probably low. Everyone talks about them being overinflated. Yeah. There's probably more. They only started from, I think, February or something like that, where they, they went back and okay. Yeah. We're going to go to February, but I'm sorry to interrupt, but I got sick in December uh you know of 19 and i'm telling you i didn't get out of that bed for seven days like i literally laid in bed i couldn't do anything and uh i mean i missed work for two full weeks so well then that would mean you had it twice right do you guys want to speak to that at all about getting repeat you know first there's long haulers but then there's people who have tested positive more than once in between rounds of testing negative yeah, so I think the majority of the ones that you see, I mean, I, I do believe that you can get it twice, right? Uh, and typically that's because the first time you get it, you have such a low immune response to it. So it's like you never really got vaccinated for it, right? And again, that's why it's important that even if you've been positive, you get the vaccine. So I think the majority of the cases though that we've seen of these reinfections, many of those could be simply that the virus level went maybe below detection, was still there, came back up. I mean, we see with HIV for one, right? So it could be that kind of thing, but there's definitely legitimate cases of people getting infected twice. And again, I think, you know, Brett can speak to it as well. I think it's related to the fact that their first immune response wasn't strong enough and then they get infected again. Yeah, I saw saw a report of, uh, I think it was two people in Japan that they proved that the strains Mm -hmm. that they got were different strains. You know, there's multiple strains of this out there. 
there's the strain that the Chinese or Asian strain, there's the European strain. Now there's this new one yep. that we're seeing in multiple countries that has a higher infectivity rate. With um, kids too, like in the UK. Right, it's hitting, kids are getting hitting younger people more often. Ugh. And it's, um, I mean, it's already spread. They've already reported it in like six different countries, but um, it's now the dominant strain in London because it's spreading so much faster it's pushing out mm. the virus strains that don't spread as fast um it's so, so crazy yeah, britain voted to leave the eu and now the eu's like don't let brits into yeah. fucking <laughs> <Europe>. right. right. <laughs> but then then they're doing really weird things like france said okay we're going to cut all flights from from london to france we're not letting anyone in unless they're french nationals so okay. apparently, if you're a French national, you're not going to get infected. You can just come home because you're immune or something. You. I mean, Polio, it's crazy. You're not, all right, we know your alter ego, right? Carlos Sagan, baby. Carlos Sagan, right? Yeah. Let's use this as an opportunity too. Chris turned me on years ago when I was a teenager to Carl Sagan's a demon haunt or a oh yeah, demon, demon haunted world. world. Candle, yeah. Science is a candle in the dark, right? Yeah. Formative, life-changing shit. Can we use this? As an opportunity for the seven people who will see it <laughs> hopefully again we can get this thing out there a little more to just evangelize science for a minute because if everybody thought scientifically we wouldn't have to myth bust so much and fight these conspiracy theories and all this shit and we wouldn't be nearly in the bad place we are now people would have worn masks they would have socially distanced that you know evangelize yeah so this one really hits close to home because I've always said that if we could get people to understand just basic stuff in science, a lot of things would go easier. And honestly, as, as bad as, as COVID is and has been, and you know, we're gonna get beyond it. To me, it's a test case for the fact that we're not gonna do anything about global warming, which is gonna be like the end of humans, period, right? Eventually, so if, yeah. we, if, we can't, if we can't get this one, which is from, it's, it's relatively straightforward, to take out you know, a virus via vaccines and all this stuff, right? Global warming is incredibly complicated and you literally need every nation on the earth working together to fix that. And you're having the same special interests right? protecting right. the status quo, you know? Yeah, so I mean, to me, yeah. So the first step is if we could get science you know, to be understood better, just basic stuff. Uh, not politicized, because there's no reason for it to be political, quite That's honestly. That's the craziest thing, science should be yeah. Right. Po it's politics like, proof. But it's somehow... like, right. Math? Right. Can math be politicized too? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> so I don't know. It's, it's now there's junk science, you know, yes. which, uh, for sure. Argue there's junk for math, sure. but yeah. the well, scientific I think that's, method. That's critical too, as part of teaching people science is teaching them to be um, curious teaching them how to investigate when they read something that doesn't make sense, teaching them mm -hmm. how to be skeptical about mm -hmm. junk science. Because um, if you don't understand those things right now, it's actually easier to find junk science than real science on the internet. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the reasons the anti-vaxxers are growing so fast is because when you click in how do vaccines work, you get 600 hits that say vaccines are evil mm -hmm. and one or two that say, yeah, vaccines work because it, it just, the junk science is out there and it's geared for people, I hate to say this, people who tend to have a lower intelligence, they aren't as well read, they don't have Less the educated. background knowledge They're from Texas. of science. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I've been studying science since I was in fourth grade. Yeah. I, I yeah. am a veterinary pathologist. I went to college for eight years. I did a three-year residency. I've been working in the drug development industry now for 20 years. And when I hear someone say to me, oh, you know, we have a cure for cancer already. They're just hiding it because they make money off the treatments. I want to throttle them. I, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I don't understand that mindset. She's coming well, for you, Chris Rock. There are hundreds <laughs> of thousands of different types of cancer in different cells in your body that are caused by different yeah. mutations and different mm -hmm. toxins. There is not a cure for cancer when i ask someone oh my, you know they say my grandma died of cancer what kind did she have lung cancer 
And I say, what kind of lung cancer? And they can't answer me. He said lymphoma. That's what killed my mother. It was bad shit. Well, lymphomas can be very bad, but there's about 40 different kinds of lymphoma and some of them are not so bad. But the the easy answer is if we had the cure for cancer, we would put it out there because it would make billions and billions of dollars, not just Uh for curing people. Just think of the stock price of it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to sell my Moderna and I'm going to go ahead and buy into that. (laughs) Well, I mean, I I think my industry has a little bit of blame here, too, mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. I mean, part of the reason that people are anti-vaxxers is because they don't trust my industry. And and yeah, we do a lot of good, but we've also done some real shitty stuff over the years to the point where, I mean, up until maybe this this COVID time, we're the lowest trusted industry. We're like below oil. We're below lawyers. We're below bankers. We're at the bottom, right? And if you look at it, it's kind of fucked up because we're actively creating stuff that hopefully helps people's lives and all that. But because of other stuff that we've done, that's yeah. But it's the cap. It's the corporate side of it that's doing that. It's not the scientific side that's doing that. Don't not trust the science because you had some madmen sell you some bullshit, and you know what I mean. Yeah, but but it's been the scientists too to some extent. I mean, we've done some some Mm -hmm, shitty mm -hmm. stuff in the past, right? I mean. So I, I, I get part of the why we're not trusted when we say, just trust us. It's going to work. Right. The vaccine's safe, right? So it's tough. It is tough. That's true. And hey, thanks for copping to that as far as your industry goes. Not that you mm-hmm. represent it, but uh, I see you again more as that Carlos Sagan type who <laughs> is trying to preach yeah. the scientific method. But uh, yeah. again, to what Brett was saying, if people were more scientifically literate, they could read some of the studies themselves and know yeah. if it's bullshit or not, you know? Yeah, yeah. I My... Uh and she's constantly posting links to junk science that are articles she found on PubMed and she's like but it it must be true it's on PubMed I said you don't understand PubMed is a database of all publications it doesn't mean they're good publications you can find anything on PubMed you have to read it and then you have to read the sources that it's referencing and you have to look at who are the authors are they people that are knowledgeable in this field mm-hmm. or do they work in some other completely different field? And she's like, well, no, Pub- PubMed is run by the, um, by the NIH. Therefore, everything is government approved and it must be true. And I'm like, but no. you can't trust them. No, yeah, many of these same people don't trust the government. So what? <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's crazy. And, you know, I think if you walk down the street and you pointed, if you just stopped people and said, where is your thyroid gland? Point to your thyroid <laughs> gland. Nobody could do it. Yeah. Because we just don't know. We Isn't don't that next know. to your funny bone, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's why, you know, if, if you played right, operation, right? you knew. Yeah, see, operation, man. Gotta get there you go. off that Fortnite. There you <laughs> go. Right next to my wishbone. <laughs> I have no idea how much time we have left, but uh let's speak a bit i guess to this conspiracy shit a little bit more because it infects more than just how we look at vaccines i mean you got QAnon politics there's fucking people getting elected to public office who are QAnoners, you know um (laughs) again i guess it's just general science evangelizing but uh the fact that how, how do we get grown adults first off of course get the betsy devosses out of there change uh public education to where we're teaching young kids the scientific method critical thinking etc but how do we reach these adults that are so wired by this point you know you don't can you can't i don't think you can i really don't i mean i i think you could can we mind some... control them with a bill gates virus or a vaccine <laughs> well, that's what we're gonna <laughs> do <laughs> you could to some degree some what we're doing people... right now is the right. best you can do is to evangelize and have conversations about it and try and slowly win people over. Even and if it some takes people will be really receptive to it and they'll listen and they'll go, oh yeah, that makes sense. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, everyone has their own doily of beliefs. It's all woven as your child. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's easy to fit things into the beliefs you already have. But if somebody gives you a, a new thing that doesn't fit in there, you go, oh, that can't be true because it doesn't fit with my doily. Mm-hmm. So what we have to do is we have to unravel these doilies and mm-hmm. we have to go piece by piece by piece why what they believe isn't true 
or isn't correct, and then try and give them more facts, more information, more knowledge slowly. So it's not overwhelming. So they don't panic and go, oh my God, my life is in danger because mm-hmm. you're scaring me with all this new information. Like Butch said, we can't. Really hard. <laughs> it's like yeah. to take right. years to deprogram each person. Yes. Like, oh my God, we're fucked. It's really but I mean, hard. you got you got your QAnons, right? But then when I was living in California, we had measles outbreaks in Marin County mm-hmm. because you know, well-educated, you know, people making lots of money weren't vaccinating their damn kids. And these are people that should know better. These are people that Jenny McCarthy's you know, of the world. Yeah. Yeah. But it wasn't it wasn't about not being educated. It was about I don't know yeah. what, you know. And look, we're not talking yeah. shit about those people. It always comes from a place of wanting to protect their children. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not it's like absolutely malicious. Like, yeah. That's what the fear is. The fear yeah. is like fear that something bad's gonna happen to your kid. So you don't want to yeah. be the mm-hmm. one, especially yeah. to give them the poison and shit, you know. Mm-hmm. But just that's not it's what's happening. Really dumb. You know, if you think about it when it comes to it, uh I I was in the military, I remember standing in that line and I got I remember thinking, Man, they're they're using the same needle for all these shots, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's not so, I mean, hey, they may have put a chip in there. Hey, if I get this vaccine, they want to put a chip in me. You know what? I don't give a shit. You know why? Because I'm not that important. And these- Right. What are they going to do? Track your, like, you know, dude, trips God to bless you know, you, like, uh, Starbucks or whatever. <laughs> these people think they're so important. They got to come uh-huh. up. Yes. Oh, I'm right. not getting that vaccine, man. They're going to put that chip in me. Uh-huh. Like, are you are you flying to Colombia and bringing back a bunch of coke or what? Right. I mean, what they, they, they track us with these. Right. Exactly. You carry your own chip everywhere, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you're worried about that, but you're going to take your fucking phone, you idiot. Yes. yes. That's true, too, though. And Brett, this is something we spent half of our other talks talking about is ego. And that's what yeah. he's speaking to is the fact that everyone thinks that Bill Gates, this billionaire, has some insidious plot with some fucking overlord reptilians who fucking knows how deep their shit goes but point <laughs> being that, that anyone, anyone watches it. and driving a bugatti he don't give a yeah. fuck yeah. about what you're doing and you want to mind control tire salesmen and debris <laughs> right. and shit like to what end like, it's almost complete yeah as if he wouldn't do something with the fucking pcs you buy you idiots here, get right. the vaccine, but eat some mushrooms. That'll <laughs> hey, San Pedro you... skin, man. I got some. I'm, I'm oh, peeling shit. the waxy part off. I'm going to peel it later and make it. My man. Yeah. We'll talk Fuck chips. Let's put psilocybin in the vaccine. <laughs> no, masculine psilocybin. Hey, that'll be fine. I can get yes. some spores. Hey, Julio, can you hook me up? I'll get you some spores. <laughs> I can. I can. Get them on that vaccine list early. Brad, for- you got anything you can add? You got eight years. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Put our heads yeah. together, goddammit. Let's make this shit so, work. Do you have more butch to say about the actual experience of suffering through it yourself? Like what it was like? Um I mean losing taste. taste right? Jay and I lived to uh, taste things, so I, that's I'll, like the worst I, tragedy. One thing I didn't touch on a minute ago is uh so I've got I've got next door neighbors across the street neighbors and in the shire like every day we go over there and like we're drinking beer and we're hanging Frodo out. and so, yeah so there you go I mean I hey the hairy feet I don't mind I rub them <laughs> we're not talking about like tasting women uh, <laughs> hey I like them short hey if I turn my head just right I can uh, anyway, that's the right height uh, <laughs> all right you were saying that sorry go ahead. so when when it happened so. Uh, I'd been over there with my uncle. I did everything I was supposed to. I kept my distance. I wore a mask. Uh, I washed my hands constantly. Uh, I, I totally Howard Sterned it. Like I was washing and like I did it. Like, I, I was good. Yes, we got our Howard reference and, in. Awesome. Uh, man, I, I shot an eight point buck on December 8th. And I went and picked it up. I put it in the back and the buck out. I was sweating uncontrollably. Just it was cold yeah. outside, and I'm talking, I'm pale and white. So that yeah. was the start of it. I lost my smell, and I was like, shit, I've got it before I got my positive test. The hardest part to me was every person that you've been around the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. Now you gotta hey uh I just wanna let you know. Time. It's I, like the AIDS call, but people with people you just it. were in a room with and shit. Right. It's crazy. You know, and uh and it's then Will Chamberlain making the positive the test and you go 
yeah, I got to call 10,000 women and tell them that I've got COVID, you know? Uh, <laughs> All right, we'll, just like we'll you did when you got the clap. Exactly. German. Same list. I got a Q-tip stuck in there, and uh, I just want you to know about it and all. Uh, but, no, for real, uh, having to call some of those people, uh, like I've got some friends, old hippie friends, like in their 70s, and calling them and mm. having to say, hey, look, mm. man, I just tested positive. I was around you four days ago. I'm sorry. You know, and then come back. Oh, you knew you were around somebody who had it. And I was like, dude, I take care of an 88-year-old woman. I, I did not intentionally infect anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, that yes. whole feeling like a leper. Like, mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. if I walked to, from, to my side of the street to talk to the neighbors who were in their yard across the street, they were like, we don't want to talk. Like, it can't travel 50 fucking feet. Right. Which but is so funny because a lot of times those people are the ones like, it's just the flu. But then you right. get it and you're fucking cognitive dissonance. I don't yeah. like that part of it. And you know what? That's why when grandma came home, they told her, hey, you're going to have to uh, quarantine for 14 days still. They didn't test her before she left. I know she's fine. I know I'm fine. My smell's back. My taste is back. Mm-hmm. It's just abundance of caution, man. Yeah. That yeah. I, but on the having side. to tell somebody that. I mean, it's worse than getting called, you know, while you're in the military. Hey, uh, somebody you had sex with uh, tested positive for uh, the clap, and we need you to come in. And then you got to go, who else have you had sex with? And you got to go, mm-hmm. uh, Steve. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jay. You got to walk out and see two of them on the way out. You know what I mean? It's bad. It's just pretty bad you do. Do you guys want to talk for one second? Because he said he knows he's fine now because his sense of smell is back and all that about shedding, how long you can shed the virus and everything. Just inform people out there mm-hmm. that hopefully have opened their minds a little bit to what the timeline is on this shit. Sarah, do um, you know pretty well? I mean, I know the viral shedding, they were finding it in semen and in stool, and but That's I don't where know. I found it. <laughs> <laughs> The best no, that's where i got it yeah <laughs> all right all right sorry <laughs> jokes up um yeah but i don't you know it could just be you know the the virus shell like i don't know that yeah. you could necessarily be infected by that even though you're still shedding um you know you even if you get swapped you can sometimes just have dead viral um, but it's not active and it can't like yeah right so else. but i will say that a lot of like i said before you know i have I had patients that are have been you know positive for like i said a month and then end up feeling okay and then coming in with like still shortness of breath or things like that and then they end up on a ventilator and you know that's the end all of it even though they've been negative for a long time or like we talked about throwing blood clots. Um, and I don't know um, if you're on anything, but like if they put you on like aspirin or some kind of like anti no. aggregation kind of thing to help with that. But it's just, it really just depends. And, you know, some of these people were really young, like 39 year old mothers that you know, just ended up, like I said, just having shortness of breath for a long lasting time or people have like COVID brain fog where, you know, yeah. you're having trouble with memory and like, well, like, it just depends. The kind of the metaphor I like to use for, for this is like, if you have a house and it's on fire, right? The, the fire is the virus, it's burning the house. And then you put the fire out, the virus is gone, but your house is still all fucking burned up, right? It's still gonna be like, you can go in there and the, the rafters can come down on you still. It can still like mm. fall apart more. Oh shit, this place is compromised. No <laughs> there you go, Ooh. there you go. See, so that, that's what it is, right? And everything, it's out, forget it. Yeah. Shire is gone. What about remdesivir and hydrochloroquine and all this shit, you oh wanna talk God. about that? And actual therapeutic <laughs> vaccines that might work. Well, Trump took hydrochloroquine for how long and still got it. So obviously that right. shit don't work. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would not advise Brett. anyone to take that. Yeah. Especially the kind you put so, in fish tanks, people kill themselves. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, we've had we've had clinical studies now that show that at best uh, remdesivir maybe shortens the amount of time you'll spend with symptoms in the hospital, makes your symptoms slightly better, but it's it's nothing dramatic. 
And again, I don't really know the side effects of remdesivir. So I don't know if, you know, on the, the benefit pros and cons mm -hmm. of it, if it's worth taking, but so far there's no, no great therapeutic, potentially this one, the Regeneron uh, antibody cocktail, you know, we'll see more data come out of that one. That one potentially could, you know, be a, a benefit that's worth doing. At this point, there's no actual cure. Like we've been able to cure hepatitis C. <laughs>